This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Glide navigational device debuted a prototype at CES last month. The device has been described as the first self-guided mobility aid for individuals with sight loss. I want to give you a little more of a description here, just so you understand precisely what I'm talking about. It's a small rectangular device that sits on two wheels. It's connected to a stick with a handle at the top that the user can steer. It resembles a miniature lawnmower. I'd say it's even closer to a miniature stick vacuum, but that's just a matter of discourse and debate. Sean Priest has some thoughts on the Glide and its overall aesthetics. Sean is one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find daily at noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. And he's now with Dave Brown's Fashion Police. Stop it, Dave. Fashion victim, maybe. <laughs> okay, I yeah. don't know. I think, you and, I, think, you? I think you and I both sit in that camp, sir. <laughs> All right, Sean, just before you and I dive into the aesthetics here, which also relates to today's daily poll on the show, what are some of the specific features of the Glide? Okay, so it's actually a, a cool device. And I, I've got to say as well, this is from a company called Glidance, and it's for, uh, formed by a blind engineer. So this isn't, you know, a, a sighted person's thinking what we need and trying to help, but it's actually from uh, a person who would use this technology. So that's really, really cool. So basically, this has um, cameras and sensors on it, LiDAR, and it's able to detect obstacles in front of you and things like um, elevator doors and normal doors. And it can, well, basically, it can drive you around. So it does pull you, um, it's motorized wheels, and it pulls you around obstacles. It will guide you. Uh, very much like a, you know, a, a lawnmower where you're cutting the grass and if you press the bar, it will sort of pull you along, but not drag you, just sort mm, of gently pull mm. you along. It's that same sort of thing. And with the AI, because AI, everything's got to have AI, <laughs> um, with the AI and the cameras, that the cameras are in the actual base, the rectangle base, and in the handle as well. Um, so it could be used for detecting things above eye line and things like that, although they're not used currently in the prototype. Um, but basically, it can guide you around things. Now, that sounds really cool to me and could be incredibly useful. I also definitely see the use case here, right? It, it, it's, it's interesting to have this conversation in the context of White Cane Week in Canada to say, here once again, somebody else is trying to offer you <laughs> a technology navigational alternative. But again, understanding the use of cameras and haptic feedback and the notion of being steered, navigation, uh, obstacle avoidance, th there, are, yep. there are some features here that would certainly be appealing to folks. But Sean... We've been throwing some images up on screen while you've been talking. It just looks a little strange. Like, like someone would definitely stand out in a crowd if they made their way down the street with this. And that's the point for me. I'm not against this technology at all. And as you rightfully said, you know, we've had technology trying to sort of improve 
current mobility aids. And I don't think it's worked as of yet. That's not to say we should give up on it. Maybe there's some use here. And maybe this is the device that we think this works. You know, this makes a difference to how I get around. But I can't get away from, would I actually use it? Someone said, would you use it if it promised, you know, delivered on its promises? I don't know. I, and, I, and I'm sort of kicking myself because of that, because it's purely down to vanity. Would I feel okay walking down the street with, basically, I think you're absolutely right, a stick vacuum? If you're old enough to remember that we used to call them U-banks, but carpet sweepers, the old manual ones <laughs> used to roll around. That's what it looks like to me. Now, if it does what it does, though, it makes my life easier, why do I care about that? And that's what I find really interesting. I really don't know the answer to it, vanity, whatever you want to call it. But I think that is something I think of, first of all, when I think about using this device. Will I stand out? And I had a conversation with someone else and said, yeah, what, what is the reason for that? Is it because I'm ashamed of my disability? What is the point here? Why am I so worried about it? And they came, out, came back with the comment, well, actually, it's people's attitude to you. Because when I'm walking down the street sometimes with my cane, you know, you sometimes get people saying, oh, are you playing golf? Because my yeah, cane's got a little ball at the bottom or, <laughs> you know, your marshmallow, something stupid. And, okay, it's nothing. It's a ha-ha-ha, yeah, whatever, you know, move on. But there is that, that point there that it does make you stand out and it does give people, they feel like they have the entitlement to comment on that. And sometimes, you know, day after day of that, it can get on your nerves. So, yeah, I just think it's an interesting discussion when it comes down to the aesthetics of these things. And I also relate it back to those times when I was losing my vision and my resistance to just using a white cane. Yeah. And now looking back at it, I think I'm absolutely ridiculous. Why did I waste so much time, you know, with that anxiety of not using a cane? And why was I so hesitant in picking up that white cane? I didn't, was I still in denial about blindness? Was it I didn't want to stand out? Is it the same thing? How useful does a thing have to be before I get over that? How do I look using yeah. this device? But Sean, that, that, that's the grapple, right? That even as someone like myself who was born with a disability, I, I still grapple with it 40 years later, how much I want to blend or how much I want to stand out, how much I want to advocate for myself. Because some days you just want to blend and pushing a vacuum down the street is not going to help you blend, especially if it's not commonplace technology, right? At least at this point, there's a generalized understanding of the white cane. Ideally, society is going to leave you alone you push that vacuum down the street and every tom dick jane and harry is going to be harassing you about your vacuum yeah absolutely right i think you've got a good point but then is it a case of does it matter? Should you know? Do we need to toughen up? I say we. I should no 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 we no, no, we we's fair. I'm with you on this. Yeah, it just feels, you know, I, I would feel a certain way about that. But then if it makes a difference, if it's that useful, we shouldn't care. There's other tech out there as well where I feel the same way. Some of the wearable tech, there's a, uh, a mobility aid out there that you actually wear around your neck. And I think it looks like a toilet seat you're putting over your head. <laughs> oh, no. Right. And it's just, and it's got cameras around and sensors. And I don't know how well it works, but even if it works incredibly well, how comfortable would I feel? going out with that um yeah honestly i don't know maybe it's just vanity or maybe there's something that maybe the design and the aesthetics need to be 
more thought about, more of a consideration? I don't know. Yeah, I just want to remind folks that this this topic prompted the daily poll at Accessible Media on X, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. How much do aesthetics influence whether or not you'll use or buy accessible or assistive technology? A lot a little or not at all. And Sean, I, I you know, like yourself, I, I, I go through these grapples. I, I really do go mm. through these grapples. A lot of it when I was a kid, the idea of, okay, use this telescope and this magnifying glass and here's a CCTV and you can sit yes. at the back of the class and use your CCTV to read. <laughs> and it's, now I'll, I'll drill down here on the CCTV. I found it kind of difficult to use, so all the more reason as to why I wasn't going to sit at the back of the class totally isolated from all my friends just to use this piece of technology, even though it was a you. good piece of technology, it just wasn't right for me, whereas I was eventually able to come to terms with telescope, magnifying glass, we're going to have to bite the bullet on this one. You're just going to have to use those and still carry those around with you. But Sean, it blends into some broader conversations you and I have had about the mainstreaming of assistive tech and how much more you can get under one roof in, in terms of one piece of tech that you don't want to carry a 20-pound bag of technology everywhere you go, or in this case, schlep your vacuum around. Vacuum. We should stop calling it a vacuum, but I think that's exactly what people think of when they when they hear about or get this description of this device. I th I think you're right. I just I can't get over that. That as a teenager going through that sort of thing, I I totally get it. You know, pulling out a monocular at a bus stop or something as a as a teenager was really. Oh my difficult. gosh! And like putting your face up against the bus stop information, like that's not sanitary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But, you know, now as a 50-year-old man, I think I should be over this. And in most cases, I am. But it's funny to me that this is still one of the first things that, that comes to mind when someone describes a piece of tech or something. It's like the um, something like the uh, eSight or the other visual Yeah, the headset. The headset the, goggles, the headsets. yeah. Now, they, they, could, they make a huge difference to certain um, sites problems they can make a big difference but i don't know how i would feel about wearing that every day around the supermarket because again you're drawing attention to yourself but it's that fine line it's that balancing act between making my life easier uh, versus standing out in a crowd and maybe having to deal with some comments honestly i don't know but the glide is something that has gathered a lot of interest so i would be interested in how you know uh, ami listeners feel about yeah it. yeah and, that, and that's it right this goes back to this idea of people with disabilities are not some singularity there's not some monolith we're all complex in our own journeys uh when it comes exactly. to disability sean i think i've told you my eSight uh headset story because they're based out of ottawa ontario which is where i used to work yeah. and one of the first stories i ever did for ami was about eSight, talking to some of the developers and doing a demo with it and i was super blown away as i was on the third floor of their building reading license plates off cars in parking lots like with That's ease right. like with total ease and i still thought to myself yeah but i'd never wear these things in public that's interesting though right how much of a difference could that make to your life it's like if i could put a diver's helmet on my head and be able to walk around purely on my own independently would i wear it how good does that technology have to be I, I, it's, it's strange. We're, we're, yeah. Human beings are strange 
things. I don't, much. I don't understand it myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we get to wrap this up with the Doors song, People Are Strange. Sean, and, Sean Priest and Dave Brown, uh, proven true examples. Hey, Sean, Absolutely. Have a, I know you've been running around today. Thank you for making the time. Have a great show with Stephen later this afternoon. Thanks a lot, Dave. Take care. That's Sean Priest. He's one of the hosts of Double Tap. You can find the show daily at noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. Coming up after the break, White Cane Week is celebrating its 21st anniversary. Jim Tokos from the Canadian Council of the Blind gives you a preview of this year's programming. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.